Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Catch him if you can. Hello, and welcome to <laughs> Little Marty, the only podcast good. on the internet dedicated to covering the works of Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. My name, well, it's Eric Halloween. Mm, and my name is Jeremy the Butcher. Working on our night moves. Yes, night night nudes. Nudes. More like nudes. I didn't realize that's what he was saying. Yeah. Nudes. Yeah. Hey, what if you, what if you drove a car? <laughs> what if you drove a car nude? Wouldn't that be crazy? Maybe if you were in like a Jeep coming down Hollywood Boulevard. You'd probably get arrested. Yeah. I you know, this didn't work out quite as we'd uh, as we planned. No. Jeremy I got and I lost. are trying to uh, we thought it so when we record we, uh, you know, we usually get some pleasantries out of the way. We say hello, nice to meet you. Yeah. How are the kids? And both of us, each each respond, still don't exist. Yeah, right. But thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but we did a bit before we started recording, and uh, we tried to recreate it verbatim. And I'm gonna say it, Jeremy. I think we I think we pulled it off. Yeah. No, for sure. The, it, it's funny because me and Eric hardly speak outside of recording the podcast no. and the pleasantries he's referring to we're talking in a, a minute and a half of dialogue before we started rolling and we couldn't quite even get that <laughs> reciprocate that again but needless to say we're we're on mic we're on mic people what can i say i come alive when the tapes roll it when we I don't cut don't I, I fall apart if I don't see a red glowing circle, mm-hmm. I'm not talking. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. If I don't have a microphone shoved up my nose, <laughs> I, I, I won't make sounds with my body. Night Nudes is a pretty funny parody, though. Yeah, it's pretty good. Hey, what do you yeah. think? I'm kind of excited about this Weird Al movie that's in the works. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great. Yeah. I kind of I follow Weird Al on like Instagram, I think, and I keep I see I, I see something about it every once in a while. I'm like, you know what? I'm on board with a Weird Al movie. Why not? Yeah, D- uh, Daniel Radcliffe, right? Yes, that can work. Strange choice, but yeah, I don't knows? I don't know. I uh, will he be doing a British accent? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would be strange. I mean, yeah. To hear a guy sing all 11 minutes of Albuquerque in a British accent. <laughs> yeah, like he, like when Daniel Radcliffe sings, he sounds even more British for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm excited. Who else is in that movie? Don't even know what it's called. Um, Weird Al movie. Let's see what Google says. Not UHF. No. Weird. The Al Yankovic story uh, yes so, uh, what do you okay. think of that title 
I think it's all right. You know who directed it? Who? Eric Koppel. You know what? You know this guy, Eric Appel? Uh-huh. I tweeted at this guy like years ago, like in the early days of Twitter. I tweeted mm. at this guy. Uh-huh. And I said, hey, our names are similar or something along that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not respond. What? Got no interaction from him. So ever since, I haven't been a, a huge Eric Appel fan, I got to say. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna see the movie based on this? Uh, you know what? Now that I know that he's directing it, don't want any part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I take back everything I said. Man, the cast is actually pretty insane. It's Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna. Rain Wilson plays Doctor Demento. Nice. Quinta Brunson plays Oprah Winfrey. Freaking tons of. It's funny because like all these like people are playing like these famous people like like Coolio is gonna be a character in the movie. That rocks. Coolio as uh, himself? No, it's it's no, it's somebody playing Coolio. Coolio oh, is, the, is gonna be a character in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, is Coolio the one who did he he changed his name a couple times, right? Or am I thinking of someone else? There's one rapper from the 90s that like kept changing their names. No, well, I'm thinking of P. Diddy. P. Well, Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy was P. Diddy. P. Diddy. And then I feel it, like there was another version. Well, Snoop Dogg is also, he changed, he was Snoop Doggy Dog and then Snoop Dogg and then Snoop Lion. Right. And now he's, I think he's Snoop Dogg again. Interesting. Well. Re- you know, reinventing yourself, rebranding yourself. Like Prince became the symbol, and then the artist formerly known as Prince. Right, right. He was probably having difficulties, like, with doing his taxes. Yeah, can like, you imagine that in the that DMV? Sim- <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah. Oof. Anyway, speaking of the DMV, you know what's just as fun as the DMV, if not more fun? Jeremy is our Patreon podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forget about it sometimes, too, but you know what? Every time I remember that we have one, I think, man, that might be the best podcast I've ever listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cool thing is, is we cover stuff that the fans tell us to cover. We let our hair down. That's we right. We do... Uh, we, I like to call it, and I'm the only person who calls it this, is I like to call the Patreon podcast the supplemental material <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to our, to our main show. Right. We'll cover, you know, we'll cover the, the, the Martin Scorsese, you know, short films. We'll cover some Coen brothers. We're doing all sorts of stuff over there. It's, uh, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. It's a real good time. Um, we are, uh, I think we're going to do like a summer horror month again oh, yeah. at, some, at some point maybe, but, uh, we're covering the Coen brothers movies right now. We, uh, we always like to do themed months. Obviously, you know, we have Halloween coming up and Christmas, right. uh, so we'll be, we'll, we'll be covering those topics. So um, awesome. But it's those great. Are, we have like three years too. They, they really are. And those are like three years worth. There's like three years worth of content that yeah. you just get. Uh, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy and type in your credit card number 
<laughs> That's right. Allow them to give give us five dollars, and mm-hmm. you get access to. I, I don't know if this is correct. A thousand hours yeah. of entertainment. No, it's Do it's definitely. It's a I think it's it's definitely a thousand plus. It's a thousand or more. Yeah. Yeah. More than you would probably even need. Yeah, oh yeah. Like there's it's ridiculous we're, deal. We're probably getting to the point now where we've recorded more hours of podcasts than you will be alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because we only do this for like I don't know, two hours a week. Right, yeah. So but somehow we've You've now got some <laughs> medical issues going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. So if you're someone who's gonna die in the next couple months, we have more content than you can. And that's my dog, by the way. Lily, Lily's in the yes. background making cameo. a rare appearance. Lily cameo. Lily cameo. <sighs> yep. Uh, so anyway, back to the main show. We are, of course, covering uh, Scorsese and Sandler. We're going in chronological order. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I'm like kind of, I'm excited to be in the Leo era of Scorsese. Yeah. Right. And... But we're kind of in like this, still in this weird place with Sandler, and we're going to be for like maybe the rest of the podcast. Yeah, it's gonna suck. <laughs> so it's like I can't. I I'm not gonna lie. I'm not like uh, I I I am I am nowhere near how I felt with the Paul W S Anderson movies. Oh, like, right. I wanted to quit covering his movies. After probably Mortal after Kombat? like the third one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. after Mortal. But Kombat, this I'm it more. I'm more like, okay, Scorsese's kind of like what I'm really looking forward to here for a little while, and I don't know. I'm just going to say it right away. Shutter Island was looking forward to it. It, it, it. It's not. It let me down a little bit, and I'm not necessarily stoked about covering Hugo also. Well, so. that's a good... That is a really good point, actually. Hugo, I've, I've never seen... So I'm excited to watch it because I've never seen it, but I'm not excited to watch it because it's a kids movie that looks bad. So Yeah. Um but that's interesting you say Shutter Island let you down. I have never I've I've never put this one at the top. I've always put this one like in the top 10 maybe. Like you know what I mean? Like it's never been top high. 10 movies? No, no, of his, of Scorsese's. Oh. It's always it's it's always been like it's in the upper half for sure, but you know we're the you know we're taught we're it's up you know there were some of the greatest movies ever made are Martin Scorsese's movies. This one I I I used to really like it because it was different than mm. a lot of his other movies, right? I think it's only other movie that's like this that he's made is Cape Fear. Where it's like a traditional sort of psychological thriller or horror film. That's a good but, point. But uh, this, but this time watching it again, because you know you kind of know the ending already. I I I enjoy I enjoyed it, but there are parts of it though. I th- I think you know, like I, I would say it's too long a little bit. Um, Listen, of, a, st- of, a Scorsese movie letting me down. I mean, the bar is like set almost as high as it can be. Right. Especially coming off of, you know, The Departed and uh, we jumped ahead a little bit and did Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Um, yeah. I will... Did you... Have you read the book, Jeremy? Oh, no. 
So I I had read the book. Um, I'm trying to look. Oh, Leta Caligrodis. What man? <laughs> I feel like I should have looked. What the hell? I'm I'm trying to say the name of the uh, the author. Oh. Oh no, that's no, the, the book that's the is uh, yeah, that's the screenwriter. Who wrote the damn book? Dennis Lehane. It's two thousand three yeah. novel. Yeah, that was my thing. Is as I, I when I was listening to the book, I listened to the audiobook on like a road trip once, and it was a great time. And uh, uh-huh. I was like, oh man, the twist! You know, there's like the big twist. I was like, ah, oh, this is genius. This is so good. And uh, I don't know. I found it's been you know maybe five years since I had listened to the audiobook. But I feel like Scorsese's adaptation was like almost, to my memory, almost like too spot on for me. Oh, like because I, I had yes, I had seen like the cover for this movie and probably the trailer. Like I'd probably seen commercials on TV because it came out in 2010. Where when I was reading the book, I like the main character. I was picturing Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. just because like that had like influenced my perception of this character in this movie and what it looks like and stuff. So I think I almost it's this weird thing that happens when you read books that are based on movies now where like the artwork or the little things that you pick up from the movie even if you haven't seen them yet they like influence your experience with the book. And right. I enjoyed the book but then the movie I I don't know it just kind of like I think it di- it it it's very faithful to the story and to like the vibe of the book. I almost wish Scorsese did something like a little crazy with it. Did you know you, what I mean? Like, well, take me back here. Did you when? What's your first experience with Shutter Island? Did you watch this when it came out, or is this your first time? No, or? I had never seen it. I'd, I'd never seen it. This was my first time. Oh, uh, ever watching? Wow. It. Okay, so this is your yeah. first time, but you had read the book. Okay, so there's. Yeah, I get, okay. I, I I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never read the book, and I saw it in theaters when it came out, and liked it a lot more than it sounds like you liked it. So I just wonder if it's just partly because yeah. the book didn't might be it. a little better. May, that may be true. I didn't hate it. I'm just saying it's not one of those situations where I can say, well, the book was a whole lot better because I really, from my re- recollection this is like almost as true to a book Mm. as the source material as it could be and maybe that's my problem with it is that it is like a little bit too down the line for for scorsese or especially you know since we've covered like all these kubrick movies we see we we see that like kubrick you know his take on a clockwork orange or these different novels. It wasn't Barry Lyndon based on a. Oh yeah, I think all of his movies are, yeah. except for two thousand. They're all like loosely based on. They're novels. all based on books. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but this to me, I I I like it for um the reasons of like it reminds it's like very Hitchcock. It reminds me of an Alfred Hitchcock movie, and and I think the performances are real great. I think there's parts of this movie that don't look that good in terms of like they look kind of fake and i think some of the effects that were used in the movie don't they don't pull off in a naturalistic way and 
for being a horror movie, the movie isn't really that scary, you know. Um, but uh, there are some there uh, there are some really high highs in this, I think. Um, but I I I you know if it it's definitely not trying to be a film like Wolf of Wall Street or like The Departed. You know what I mean? It's trying. Right. You can kind of tell it's trying to be a smaller movie. It's trying to be a little bit more contained, you know, like, uh, so to me, I've never put it up against those other ones because those other ones are like, take place over 20 years and the, the scope is just so large. You know, you think about a movie like Goodfellas or the Irishman, there's such a big movies, but this is a tiny, it's kind of a small story, small scale. And I, I appreciate it just for being kind of outside the normal Scorsese thing, even if he doesn't pull it off, you know, like as well as maybe, you know, other, other people doing neo-noir psychological thrillers. It's still kind of cool to see his version of that, but yeah, but yeah, I there's, agree there's a that. lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot we could talk about with it though. So do you, uh, I mean, for, for from what I'm hearing, Eric, you don't seem to appreciate anagrams as much as the film does. <laughs> I'm more of a bananagram guy <laughs> myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. So, oh, by the way, I do really like, um, like the open, I guess we'll get to, we'll, we'll, I'll bring this up when we talk about the plot. But yeah. uh, yes, this is a 2010 film. Jeremy, I was just looking at films that came out in 2010 for some context. We got Inception, mm. Despicable Me, Black Swan, oh. Grown Ups, a movie that we'll be talking about. We'll be talking about, about shortly. Uh, the Social Network, Dang. Scott Pilgrim. Um, pretty, pretty the good, town. Pretty remember good the town? I do remember the town. Remember when Ben Affleck had like a little streak of like, yeah, directing where stuff? where people like also thought his directing was great. Yeah, like they were like the town's awesome, Gone Baby's awesome, and then he won Best Picture, Argo. Yeah, man, that's one of those where I bet if you went back and watched it Argo, sucks. you'd be like, <laughs> yeah. <I'm> a- <laughs> Like crash or something. I think like, you're right. I think you're right. What were we thinking? Yeah. Kind of a thing. The especially in a year when the fighter came out. Are you kidding Ooh, me? The fighter's real good. Oh wait, the fighter is not what I was. The fighter is different than what I was thinking. Oh, what did you think? I, was? Actually, I was thinking of the what's the wrestling movie? The wrestler. The wrestler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. The fighter is actually pretty good. That's got Christian Bale as that meth head in it. Okay. Um, so Shutter Island, 2010. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a look at a little bit of the trivia. But let's look at the uh, the freaking cast first. We got mm. Marky Ruffalo. Yeah, Marky Mark. <laughs> Emily Mortimer. Ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley is like one of those guys who I just always... I can't picture the guy like in a, in real life. Like, what do you think Ben Kingsley is like in a, a real life? That's a good question. I think I don't know. I think he might be funny. <laughs> okay, I bet he's kind of funny. Like he's he seems like a guy that you know 
presents is very serious, but then he might be a little silly. Like I bet, I bet Patrick Stewart's like that too, where he's kind of silly off camera. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he gives me, he gives me like a very serious. Yeah, I know. I guess all yeah. of his characters are like super stone faced and serious. Well, but. speaking of serious, Max von Sydow was in this movie, who is uh, also a very serious looking guy. Max von Sydow. It's like the oh, older yes. right, German right, right. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a uh, the guy who plays the husband in Fargo, John Carroll uh-huh. Lynch. Yep. And the guy <laughs> who plays the uh, Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Yes. It's Ted Levine is in this movie. Yeah. Michelle Williams, Patricia Clarkson... Pretty big cast. Oh, Jackie Earl Haley has like the craziest like little bit part in this. Are so you a, Jeremy? Are you a Jackie Earl Haley fan? <laughs> uh, it's a name that I cannot put a face to. Who who is Jackie Earl Haley in this? He was a child actor a long time ago, and he was in like the movie Bad News Bears um, as a okay. kid in '76. But then he grew up and he played in. Um, uh, films like Little Children or Watchmen. He was Rorschach in the in the Watchmen movie. Okay, I see. He, he was Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Gotcha. Yeah, he's got. He's like a character actor. He's got a real kind of weird face. So when I was making the, uh, I always put together like a really. Um, I basically put together a binder full of notes for each episode that we right. do. Yeah. And I like to do this like kind of artwork with the titles of the movies that we're covering where I'll like cut out each letter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'll like glue it onto the binder. All cool. Like maybe I'll have like the S off to the right a little bit, but the H will be off to the left. So it's like kind of a little skewed, you know, just oh, a little yeah. like view is skewed. View is skewed, yeah. I'll get some like Jay and Silent Bob on there, some right. Snoochie Boochies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm making my freaking Shutter Island uh, binder, Jeremy. And all of a sudden, the air conditioner kicks on. It's blowing out the letters. They fly off in the air, and I go down to pick up these letters, right? Mm, and they're right. supposed to spell Shutter Island, but they get all out of sorts. Mm-hmm. I look down and the damn things spell truths and lies. <laughs> Sounds like a Norm MacDonald joke. <laughs> it spelled truth and lies. The uh, Yeah, apparently the title is an anagram of truths and lies and truths slash denials. And Now, I have a problem with that one because there is no slash. There is no the slash, title. yeah. I guess if you turn the L, uh, you know, kind of shift it. <laughs> yeah. Shift it and maybe elongate it. Yeah, by a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's cool. The film is obs- obsessed with anagrams, um, so uh, you know words that if you rearrange the letters, they spell different things. And uh, it's a trick that I think is cool, like a little bit. I don't think it's that cool. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think, but I think it's a weird thing where I think the film thinks it's cooler 
than I think it is. And if you think it's cool, that's actually fine. That's fine. That's totally cool. Not you, Eric, but like the listener, you. If if people think it's cool, that's fine. Um, but, you know, it drops this anagram stuff at the end. Like it's a big mind-blowing thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I... I'd, I'm not impressed <laughs> that he could just he just came up with different names. Um, yeah, it would have been just as it would have meant the same thing if he just came up with different names for people, including himself. It would have meant the same thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I I it's whatever to me. I don't really yeah. I, I like you said. I'm not impressed by it. If you were Let's in middle that. school, I think you would think this is really mind blowing. Um, let's see here. Oh, so this is the uh, so the movie's for forty point two million opening weekend take in the U.S. marked a career best for Scorsese. Mm. This was later surpassed by The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, yeah, so two he had movies a later. Of hits. Yeah, he had a yeah, string guys, of hits. Departed did really well too did mm-hmm. um and of course the irishman we'll never know <laughs> we'll never know <laughs> uh this is the only movie partnership between scorsese and dicaprio that failed to receive any oscar nominations mm. i think that's fair even if you really like this movie i think that's fair it's not like yeah you know uh, the only thing i would have um given it an uh, an oscar nom for probably is uh the music <clears throat> yeah music's pretty good it's uh exceptionally good it's really really good really good stuff that music the uh well i'm trying to find what best picture was in 2010 and uh it's telling me Google is telling me everything, but I don't want to know that Sandra Bullock won Best Ass Actress I, for The Blind Side. Dude, I hate The Blind Side. <laughs> dude, I remember this year like way good. too well. <laughs> yeah, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, Crazy Heart, man. I no idea. Crazy Doesn't Heart say. is. I, I kind of like Crazy Heart. The Hurt Locker. There we oh. go. Yeah, this was not my... All the, what year was this? <laughs> 2010. Yeah, this doesn't sound like my favorite year. Yeah. Well, what do you say we dive into the plot here, Jeremy, and you know, talk about what, all the crazy stuff that happens? Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> all right. You sure? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. You sound like you're on the fence. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Oh, let's do it. <clears throat> In 1954, U.S. Marshal Edwin Teddy Daniels and his new partner Chuck Owl, Owl, Owle? <laughs> I don't remember how they say that in the movie, uh, <laughs> travel to Ashcliff Hospital for the criminally insane on Shutter Island, Boston Harbor to investigate the disappearance of Rachel Solando, who drowned her three children. <laughs> I This opening reminds me of like an old-timey noir movie, and I like it a lot. I like, I like Ruffalo and Leo talking in their accents. Yeah. 
smoking cigarettes on a boat where it would like clearly be insanely windy and like super loud and you'd be screaming at each other. Right. But because it's a movie, it's just completely silent and they're just <laughs> cruising across the ocean. Yeah. I I um I think this is a good opening and this is the first time where you're very like hitchcocked out, you know? Oh it's, yeah. It's like, oh, this is some Hitchcock stuff for sure. You know, we got like a central protagonist. We're seeing him in private, sort of dealing with an ailment of some kind that will come into the plot later. Oh yeah. This I, guy's I, got I, some stuff going on. I like a mystery, Eric. I'll tell you that much right now. I like okay. a good mystery. And I'm writing currently a feature f- film that has a big mystery element to it. So I, I was excited to for, to watch this again to see kind of how they unfold information of the mystery yes. to the audience. And it's pretty... Uh, this opening is pretty good, especially if you know what's going to happen. You know, this movie shares a lot, I think, in common with The Sixth Sense. I was just going to say, it reminds me of a uh, one of his movies, Shyamalan movie. Yeah, because you can go back and watch it again knowing the ending, and you can hear in the dialogue all the times they clue you in that this is, you know, like I think, you know, Teddy assumes that Chuck is his new partner. You know what I mean? Like right away. He actually does see dead people too. That's he sees, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, a movie that I keep remembering that I liked um, that has has a good twist, that I always wanted to rewatch this, is uh, The Village. Remember The Village? Yeah. Was a, I loved that movie. I had no idea. I watched that movie like years after everyone else had seen it, mm. and I somehow managed to like avoid the twist. Oh, great. Yeah, I feel like good. this is one of those movies where if you saw this movie and someone had spoiled the twist for you, you it would su- that would suck. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. but having like watched the entire movie and then learned the twist, you're right, it would be interesting to go back and and rewatch it. Yeah, I think they drop a lot of nice breadcrumbs, you know. Um although I would say like not to compare, but like the sixth sense is like the master of that and this is this is pretty good it's a pretty good one i i think there are things just about the way this movie came together in our shot this seems uh, a little over it's like over edited or overshot or something like there's too much going on in every scene. Like we'll get to a scene here. We'll continue with the plot, but I'll point out a scene later that I think is just really my head kind of spins when I watch this scene. Cause it's, it's way over edited, but not to get too off topic, but did I ever tell this story on the podcast about my friend, uh, spoiling a Harry Potter book <laughs> in high school? Uh, uh-uh. uh, so this was 2007. Uh, I believe it was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows had come out. Got it. Um, and it was, yeah, two th- wait, let me think. 2007, 
Maybe it was the fifth one. Let me let me let me fact check this really quick. It's a good story. Um, <laughs> one of the years, okay, one of the years when a Harry Potter book came out. Um, it's the one where like Snape kills Dumbledore, I guess. And my friend Prabhu was like one of the people that did the morning announcements mm-hmm. <laughs> in high school <laughs> and would like say the news and stuff. Right. And uh, he like the day before, like the day that book came out, he stayed up all night and read it. And then the next morning, like I'm walking into school and I went, I went to a school where there were like a couple thousand kids and like there were tons of people who were just carrying this book around, like reading the new Harry Potter book and the morning announcements come around and Prabhu, like at the end of his announcement goes like, yeah, it would be like, like how in the end of the, of the Harry Potter, when Snape kills Dumbledore and just spoils the entire <laughs> book for thousands of people. Oh man. He was funny at the time. Very. Yeah. Did he do it on purpose? Did he know he yeah. was spoiling it? That's pretty good. Oh yeah. Pretty good. I think it's funny. Um, the staff <laughs> <laughs> led by psychiatrist, Dr. John Cowley appear uncooperative. John Cowley is King- Ben Kingsley, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the marshals learn that Solando's doctor, Lester Sheehan, uh, left the island on vacation immediately after Solando disappeared. Teddy, ex- Teddy experiences migraine headaches, flashbacks of his experiences as a U.S. Army soldier, soldier during the liberation of Dachau. 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 <laughs> Dachau? No, I think it. I think it's uh, Daku. I think it's a uh, Dachau. But I also like Dachau, <laughs> like Dachau and Chicken show. <laughs> yeah, Dachau. Um, Amulette de du fromage. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and also vivid dreams of his wife Dolores, who was killed in a fire set by arsonist Andrew Latus. Yeah, um, so yeah. to when we first meet Dr. John Cowley and then we go into the office with him and it's it's a scene between Leo, Mark Ruffalo, and Ben Kingsley. This is the scene I'm talking about where like there's like 45 different angles and shots in this scene that's just a conversation between three people. And every time it cuts, like you can notice in the frame like the people are standing in different spots and their heads are looking different ways and like it's not a seamless you know flowing it's like the scene doesn't flow seamlessly there's a lot of like jolting weird things that constantly like pull you out of it and and make it feel very stilted and if it's a stylistic choice uh I don't know if it worked for me because I, I just found it really distracting. Like why did they need two? like they do two different three shots and they're and the angles are very similar to one another. They're like just a little bit of angled away from Ben Kingsley and then a little bit angled toward Ben Kingsley. So when they cut, it's just like, it's just like really jarring and really weird. And, and so I won't go on every time this happens, but like that's an example of a scene where if you go back and watch it, tell me what you think. There's like a a mm. lot of different cuts in it and a lot of different angles and a lot of different shots and it for me 
it's like this is just a conversation like it should be very simple it should be a very simple looking scene so we can focus on maybe more what they're saying you know um so yeah it, it's just an, it's just like one of the examples of when i think of this movie i think of high highs and like some of the some of the shots and some of the look of it and then but kind of like some bad taste in my mouth stuff yeah agreed um you know what i remember from the trailer is that like woman the old woman at the at the place when he's first going in who's like practically bald right uh doing like the shush Shush. thing with her finger (laughs) yeah yeah I like her. I must have seen this trailer like over and over again because for some reason, when I saw that, I had this like weird like nostalgia feeling. Yeah, from it. Right. Yeah, I, I, but I agree. feel like I feel like we can we can do away with the like. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that version. There's a version of that in every movie with like a mental institution. Uh, like yeah. there's always like an old balding lady giving the <laughs> shush gesture yeah in slow motion i think yeah. we i think we don't need that anymore i think we can i don't know <laughs> totally i it, it's weird because i that is such a trope and kind of a cliche thing but then the movie doesn't really do a lot of other mental institution tropes. No, it doesn't. Like, like t- typically you see like people screaming and wailing and throwing their feces around, or, or like you see a lot of people like patients just like zombies sort of walking around. Like the film doesn't really even show the patients that much. <laughs> or they're wearing tutus and and yeah. doing football plays. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this, the film doesn't actually show the the inmates um, on a grand scale. You know, it shows some inmates. You know, we'll get there, but it it doesn't like um, do a lot of the kind of hacky stuff. Man, you know how Twitter, like movie Twitter, is just like picking apart everything that you've <laughs> ever loved right <laughs> yes. now. And yeah. like making you feel uh, horrible for liking anything. We, yeah, I really hope Ace Ventura it gets overlooked. Oh, I know man. that there's some bad stuff. Oh man, especially in the first one, and probably Einhorn the entire premise of, or this, whatever. <laughs> of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's different times, my guy. You guys. gotta, you gotta. We, we I gotta mean, leave I, you Ace gotta Ventura just alone. It, if you are personally offended by something to the point you know where you where you feel like drawing attention to it that is totally valid you know that's totally fine and valid i just when i see stuff from the 90s or 80s or you know that i'm nostalgic for i just i just know i'm what i'm go, what i'm getting myself into you know i'm just like look yeah. it's going to be bad <laughs> there's going to be stuff in here <laughs> That's just not going to work today. So, like, buckle up, you know? Um, And if you're not someone who's personally offended by something and you just feel the need to point this stuff out, just please consider doing something else with your time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, 
Teddy explains to Chuck that he took the case to find uh, Latus, believing he is on the island. Solando suddenly resurfaces, prompting Teddy to break into a restricted ward where he meets patient George Noyce. Noyce! Uh, claims the doctors are experimenting <laughs> on patients, some of whom are taken to a lighthouse to be lobotomized and warns Teddy that everyone is deceiving him. That's not a noise. This is a noise. <laughs> noise. So, so by the way, we're <clears throat> two barely two paragraphs into the Wikipedia and probably an hour and a half into the movie. I feel like we jumped ahead like a ton. And <laughs> yeah. there's still three massive paragraphs three, to get. Yeah, well, because this is, I bet you this Wikipedia article's written in that way where it's going to try to explain a lot of the reveals at the end. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's what's going to take a long time. Right. Whereas like with the plot, that actually, the things that actually happen in the movie, it's not really fun. So, uh... What is there anything you want to say about anything that happened before the the George Noyce stuff? Because the George Noyce stuff is like that's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, but anything that you liked from it, like so we meet Max von Sydow. He's like a creepy German, like doctor. Uh, you know he Leo is paranoid that you know they're 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 trying to lock him away in in the in Shutter Island. Uh, we meet that Rachel girl, Emily Mortimer, and she's really weird. <laughs> right. They interview people. Like, they interview that one guy that tore that woman's face off. That's, like, a horrible scene. Yeah. This, uh, did you ever watch American Horror Story? Oh, yeah. Some of it. This movie, like, feels like American Horror Story to me for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. There's just, like, some of the, like, choices in this movie feel like a season of American Horror Story. Um, but yeah, I guess I was watching this movie as having read the book. I was kind of looking for like clues. Yeah. Or like I was trying to put myself in the perspective of like uh, someone who doesn't know what's coming and how good of a job they're doing, like, setting up the big twist that's going to happen. Because that's pretty much... The twist is the movie. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, you know what? Now that I... Before I forget, I think one of my problems with this movie is there's, like, too much happening after the twist. The twist oh, is the movie. I... Really? Yeah. I actually think the ending works. I actually like the ending. But I... Um, I want to, I definitely am interested to hear why you, you don't like the stuff that comes after. I just feel like there's too much like exposition beyond the twist. I feel like we get the twist and then there's like explanation of the twist and we you, should get in, that in, before in the, the, in the lighthouse. Is that what the scene you're talking about? No. Well, is that, that's where he learns he's that ben, he's a patient Ben Kingsley and yeah. 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 So he learns like, he's a patient, and then it's kind of a long scene of them explaining like all the stuff they had to do. Right. Whereas I, I wish that it was more of a. I it's hard for me to say because having read the the book and knowing when you read the book of something, you just know more. You have like mm -hmm. more context from that book. Right. Where I feel like. I don't know. It, I I feel like some of that stuff could be like inferred by 
the audience or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, like that, that's my problem with the anagram stuff. Is that I that the one reason the anagram stuff doesn't work for me is because it's just like really sp- literally spelling out right everything and that leave, happens. Leave that kind of thing open for Rest like some mind. film nerd to find out and then post about on a forum versus the versus yeah. like spelling out exactly you know how this twist relates to like everything else that happened in the movie. I wish I kind of wish that it was there was like a little bit more. It sort of seems like a little bit like spelling it out to the audience, like here's what you actually just saw, right? Rather than like leaving you with the ability to figure that out on your own, right? I don't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I agree. I I I think that 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 scene is so expository in the lighthouse late later on. Um. We should probably mention what happens, you know, like, I don't know if you want to continue reading the Wikipedia or how do you want to uh, proceed? Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see where this, <laughs> where this conversation Wikipedia, goes. Or you uh, want to... Uh, oh, okay, goes. okay. Yeah, yeah. Continue. We'll, we'll, so when we get to the end, we'll kind of maybe fill in more about what we're talking about. Okay, so the end credits roll. Yeah. Oh, Just wait, kidding. but before uh, we even get there, though, I, I do want to hear, like... Like we learn everything, just about everything that happens in the movie that's interesting happens in that paragraph that you mentioned, and I definitely want to talk about George Noyce here for a second, because um, honestly, I don't care about the rest of the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, did you care? Like, what did any of it? What 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 worked for you in terms of the setup here? Because we we also learned like Leo was in the army. We have all this like you know, World War II stuff where he's seeing like frozen bodies and he's killing like Nazi soldiers and, um, and yeah, we have a lot of scenes with like Mark Ruffalo and, you know, there's a storm coming. I mean, what, uh, any of this work for you up top? Any of this setup? Yeah, it does. I'm not saying like any of this didn't work for me. I'm just, like nitpicking a, a, no. a pretty solid movie, I guess. The oh, George yeah. Noyce stuff is actually that's one of the moments, uh, one of the pieces of this movie that reminds me of like an Amer- gives me an American Horror Story vibe when he's um, when he's locked in the cell. Yeah, yeah. Sure. This this is so that's my favorite scene. I guess if you don't have anything you want to talk about before that, um, we can talk about the George Noyce scene. So like the to, for, to put it in context, the whole movie. I think you're pretty much with Leo and uh, there's not a, the, the mystery is more just like, what are these people doing here at this shutter Island? Like what right. is going on? And, uh, you pretty much believe Leo's story. There's no reason to doubt him at all. Uh, until you meet George noise, he's the first person who kind of calls the reality of this into question. he, claims uh, he you know he's played by jackie earl Haley, who i think does it like kind of almost steals the movie like at least for this Mm -hmm. scene he's he does such a good job in this scene and he explains that like all of his cuts and bruises on his face when leo's like who did this to you Uh, he says that you did and that's sort of the first time we get like any kind of you know clue that something else is going on here something maybe a little bit more nefarious and maybe leo is part of it um but because he is you know in an insane asylum you're sort of like 
who do I believe? You know, this guy seems right. crazy. He has no shirt on <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So do, do I believe him? What am I, you know, and, and it's, and it's weird because you never hear about, uh, uh, George noise before this scene, but then Leo seems to know him. Right. When they meet up, he's like, George, he like knows the guy. And, it it creates it causes this really weird moment where you feel like you've missed something in the plot but really it's just because you're seeing the the sort of the framing of Leo's perspective start to crack a little bit right um it's kind of a nightmare and what george sort of you know what he tells leo ends up kind of coming true and and he's next. Like George is like, thank you. I'm now fucking next <laughs> for this. Yeah. And it's like, it's a total nightmare. And I also do love the whole, it's dark and Leo keeps having to light those matches. Like yeah, that's a I cool like that part too. of the scene. Yeah. Um, I do. Yeah. You, now that you're, as I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit more, on board with 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 the movie, I did the the Rachel Solando stuff. Like my favorite part of the story, when I really get locked in, is like the Rachel, like him meeting Rachel Solando for the first time, mm. and like learning that the cigarettes have like stuff in them. Mm. She's like, "You haven't been smoking the cigarettes, have you?" Oh yeah, yeah. I think Leo does a great job uh, of of. Uh, like portraying that he's like, oh damn, <laughs> like you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. Like he doesn't say it; he's just like, damn, I have been smoking the cigarettes. Um, but yeah, yeah. so yeah. Let's, let's see here. Teddy regroups with Chuck, and they climb the cliffs toward the lighthouse, but become separated. Seeing Chuck's body on the rocks below, Teddy investigates and finds only a cave where a woman claiming to be the real Solando is hiding. She states that she is a former uh, psychiatrist who discovered experiments to develop mind control but was forcibly committed. Uh, she says that Crawley and his assistant, Dr. Nairing, will use Teddy's war trauma to feign a, psycho, a psychotic break, allowing them to have him committed. Teddy returns to the hospital and is greeted by uh, Crowley. When Teddy asks about Chuck's whereabouts, Callie f- uh, firmly insists that Teddy does not have a partner, that he arrived on the island alone. Yeah. So there, there's some weird... So I do feel like now, even looking back, there is some weird, like, maybe... Um, I, I don't know if I'd call them, like, inconsistencies or, like, uh, whatever you call it, like, uh, continuity errors, but, like... Are they? It's it, it's weird because sometimes it feels like they genuinely are messing with Teddy. Like in this scene, like why does he say that he doesn't have a partner? Like they've all been pretending that 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 guy is his partner this whole time, right? <laughs> like why do they? <laughs> like that's just messing with him. You know what I mean? And I feel like if you were really trying to help somebody through, you wouldn't suddenly just pull the rug out like this. So it's like it's like well, that's kind of strange. They're doing. Uh, I mean, you have to remember that this the twist of this movie is that it turns out to be a, an episode of Impractical Jokers. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, 
<laughs> yeah. At the end, Ben Kingsley just looks into the camera and says, "Hi, I'm Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Welcome to Jackass." <laughs> um, um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, but uh, we did just talk about the scene you were talking about with Patricia Clarkson in the cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want to say too that if the movie turned out to be that. I would also like that movie too. Yeah. Like a like a mental hospital that's putting its own doctors and nurses in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's terrifying that you could come to work at a place and have your own sanity called into question. And then they you know, lock you up there too. Right. Uh convinced Chuck was taken to the lighthouse. Teddy heads there, but runs into Naring, who attempts to sedate him. Uh, Teddy overpowers him and breaks into the lighthouse, only to discover Cowley waiting for him. Teddy confronts Cowley and reveals his encounter with Solando, saying he believes Cowley is experimenting on him. Cowley denies that Solando ever exists, existed and insists that Teddy has not been drugged, explaining the tremors as withdrawals from chlormozapine an antipsychotic medication that teddy has been taking for two years mm-hmm. chuck arrives and reveals he is in fact dr sheehan Kylie explains that teddy is the real andrew latis incarcerated for murdering his manic depressive wife after drown uh she drowned there are three children andrew did not seek help for dolores when she burned down their apartment instead moving his family to a lake house where tragedy struck. Cowley explains that Andrew's delusion is a result of his guilt. His migraines and hallucinations are in fact withdrawal symptoms. And recent events have been an elaborate role play uh, designed to cure him. Overwhelmed by his sudden recall, Andrew faints. Whew. Yeah, see, see what I... Like, that's what this whole... It's just too much explaining for me, I think, at this point in a movie. It's just too much yeah. it's just too much of an information dump. Yeah. I not to say that it's not interesting. I, I do think it's all like interesting and plays into the twist really well. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I, just, I actually you know, at first I was like, I, I think the ending really works. I still think that, but this I didn't realize that you were talking about this. Because this scene I also have a problem with. I felt like it was always really clunky and it went on for way too long. And, and I think once we get it, we get it and we don't need to keep here. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to like even the reveal that Mark Ruffalo is the original doctor. Like I could have almost inferred that (laughs) like, like there were, there's a lot in here that I think I could have figured out and, I didn't need the names to be anagrams and uh, yeah, like, like you said, it just, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's very expository and it does, and it's not, it doesn't land the exposition in a way where it's, it's hidden in, you know, really good dialogue or really great action. You know, the exposition is just kind of dumped on you. And I, and I get it to a degree. I just think that it it's over again. And also this scene, it's very overcut. It's just like too many shots, too many cuts, too many, like, just hold on, hold on Ben Kingsley. Let him just explain the whole thing. <laughs> it's like you know. when I try 
try shaving after drinking too much coffee. Yeah. Too many cuts. Too many cuts. Um, awakening later, Andrew calmly recounts the truth, satisfying the doctors. Cowley notes that they... Wait, so at this point, we had seen the flashback to his wife, because I do think that was pretty good. Like yeah. his, his wife, the... Yeah. And that that happens sort of, I think, like he falls down and then he has that flashback. And so when he wakes up, he's kind of come to terms with what happened, which is that he, his, they, they moved to the lake and the wife was manic depressive. He didn't get her help and she killed all the children by drowning them. And then he shoots her after fishing mm. them all out of the lake and laying them down. It's like really, really dark and it comes on the heels of like, she also tried to burn like the house down before. So it's like, yeah, it's just a, it's a huge bummer. And you know, you feel in this moment when he, uh, recounts the truth, satisfying the doctors, you know, you feel really bad for Leo. Mm. Um, awakening later, Andrew calmly recounts the truth, satisfying the doctors. Cowley notes that they had achieved this state nine months before, but quick, Andrew quickly regressed. Uh, he warns this will be Andrew's last chance, and if he lapses again, he will be lobotomized. Sometime later, Andrew relaxes on the hospital grounds with Sheehan. Appearing delusional, Andrew again uh, refers to Sheehan as Chuck and says they must leave the island. Sheehan signals to Cowley, who orders that Andrew be lobotomized. Andrew then asks Sheehan if it would be worse to live as a monster or to die as a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing the first part of that for years, and I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a stunned uh, Sheehan calls Andrew Teddy, but the latter does not respond and leaves peacefully with the orderlies. And there we go. And there we go. Roll credits. Yep. The Max Richter song plays. Drum roll. I know you want to leave me. me. Yeah. But I refuse <laughs> to let you go. Um, yeah. So that was 2010's Shutter Island. Mm. Um. I'll go first, Jeremy. You better. No, I said I'm going first. You better. (laughs) I don't care what you think. I'm going first. And uh, I got to say, this movie's all right. I mean, I was pretty stoked (laughs) about this movie knowing that Scorsese was going to, you know, there's a Scorsese movie based on a book that I really like. Uh, I think it's an awesome story. I think it's really, like, good. Uh, suspenseful as heck. Um, I think I my maybe my expectations were too high. I do think this is a good movie. Um, I think it's probably better if you haven't read the book. Um, I think because I just because I think the two are so similar, at least what I had in my head. Um, I don't know, like, with these movies, sometimes you're just trying, I'm just trying to pick nits once in a while, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's something I even, like, remotely don't like about a movie by a really good director. I'm going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I do wish, just because I like the story so much, I do wish that this was up there with like the greats of Scorsese's filmography, but it, it's just not for me. Um, that being said, I think it's a solid movie. Uh, I'll give it a two. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Hell, I'll give it a 2.5 out of four. Hey, that ain't bad. Jeremy, uh, what are you doing? I am, uh, oh, I am doing, uh, what am I doing? Oh, okay, the final thoughts. <laughs> uh, Shutter Island is, uh, is, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it achieves greatness exactly. Um, I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it has some really fun performances. I kind of think structurally it's, it's interesting. The music's really, really good. Uh, the um yeah and i think it's cool to see him work working with you know actors like mark ruffalo ben kingsley some more modern uh not that ben kingsley is like a modern actor but like more modern voices like that's like cool and emily mortimer you know um uh yeah i i like a good mystery like a good thriller i think this has some incredibly high highs but like we kind of mentioned it has some clunkiness to it and doesn't always to me look super great. And uh, I think you get a little ahead of the mystery there towards the end. I do find the end of this movie to be very chilling. Like I think that ending really, really works. And it worked on me again, watching it today. I was just like, Oh man, like Leonardo DiCaprio, at least my read of the ending is he essentially just like knows the truth and chooses to just act insane to be lobotomized. Like the line of, do you want to, would you rather live as a monster or die as a good man is more like, would you rather know the truth and have to deal with the truth of your circumstances or lie to yourself and die not knowing the truth? And he chooses to die not knowing the truth. It's really dark. It's a really. It's also really sad because, in his circumstance, you kind of get it. And I just think that, like, of all the failings of the movie, that's like one of the greatest achievements of it. And for that ending alone, I'm going to give it a three out of four. Wow. Um, it gets it gets a point two five score better than The Aviator. Which I think that is that's true for me. I like this movie point two five better than The Aviator. What did I give The Aviator? Let's see here. I gave The Aviator a two point five, so I guess I liked it the same amount. Same amount. Like. Yeah. 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 Uh, I gave um, I, I gave Bringing Out the Dead a three point two five, and I think I like that movie point two five more than Shutter Island. The more I think about Bringing Out the Dead, the more I like it. Oh, it rocks, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just a real feel-good yeah, comedy. Real, yeah, real feel-good movie. Uh, it's got some John Goodman in there. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm joking, of course. It's a very uh, you know, sad movie. Um, what do we have next? We, uh, I, Oh, Hugo. We're getting into Hugo territory, and then the, I on believe... On the next Scorsese, but we are doing a Sandler next week, though. Oh, that's right. I thought I thought I could 
You thought you could get away with it? No, no, no. Uh, We just did bedtime stories. So that means I think the next one is Grown Ups, if I'm not mistaken. Or it's the one with Andy Oh, okay. Let's see. Either way, I'm excited. Oh, no. I am totally wrong. It is Funny People. All right. I'm not I'm not, not excited to cover funny people. Yeah, funny I'll say people's that. good. I like funny people. I liked it the, the, the one time I watched it. I'm excited to revisit that one. That one might be a little bit of a nice reprieve before we get into like the grown ups. Just go with it. Jack and Jill. That's my boy. <laughs> Jeremy, what do you think of this? <laughs> what do you think of this idea? You know how we did monkey bone vember? Yeah. Uh, on the Patreon, where we covered the movie Monkey Bone uh, all month. Mm-hmm. Blart Timber. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where we do Paul Blart Mall Cop? Yeah. Uh, I will say, I um, that does sound better than doing a month of Rob Schneider films, because <laughs> that sounded terrible, and people who listened to our show voiced that they did not want that. <laughs> all right well uh don't worry folks don't plan on doing it anytime soon um also apparently in sandler's filmography it says he plays opera man in something called pearl jam 20 whoa so a 2011 pearl jam documentary features adam sandler as opera man (laughs) i wonder if it's like a clip from snl archival yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um you're probably right. Anyway, follow us on Twitter at HubieHalloween1. Go to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy to support the show. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.